FS Uncovered, a podcast of M&M Service Company, serving our customers' needs by providing excellent products, services, and innovative solutions. I'm Kristen Marquis, Marketing Assistant with M&M Service Company. Today, I have with me Brian Fairful, our Agronomy Marketing Manager, Tony Haber, our Energy Marketing Manager, Zach Etter, our Palmyra Location Manager, and Dwayne Krager, our Grain and Agronomy Operations Manager. Welcome, guys. Thanks for being on our podcast today. Thank you for having us. Great to be here. Zach, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you started with M&M Service? <laughs> All right. Well, uh, so I grew up working on a family grain farm and uh, knew I wanted to be in the agricultural field from a young age. So uh, high school, I was active in the FFA and uh, took as many ag classes as I possibly could. Um, and then I spent two years at Spoon River College in Canton, Illinois, uh, where I received a associate's degree in agriculture. And I transferred to Illinois State University, spent two years there and earned a bachelor's degree in agronomy management. I began my career in the Growmark system uh, in the summer of 2015 as a Growmark summer agronomy intern under uh, Brian here. And uh, then after I graduated, uh, I began began my career in Girard, working with Dwayne in the, in the crop protection department there in Girard. Spent a little time at Thomasville Elevator with Dwayne again, dumping grain and doing things there. And then from Thomasville, I went to move to Litchfield, spent some spent my winters in the shop doing maintenance on equipment, things of that nature. There I became a FS certified applicator, uh, spread lime in the, in the fall and custom applied anhydrous, uh, in the fall and spring seasons. And my summers were spent in the Litchfield crop protection department, uh, kind of helping run things there. And then, of course, in <laughs> August of this year, uh, accepted the position to be the location manager over here in Palmyra. And now here we are. All right. Thank you. Wayne, same question. Can you tell us a little about yourself? Well, yeah, I grew up on the grew up on family farm. Kind of helped helped around there. Since so never really had a any other job other than on the farm when I was growing up. Spent time with my grandpa learning, yeah, learning the learn the trades and, and how to work hard. And grew up doing that and did some FFA there in high school. Family farm wasn't really big enough to support multiple families, so I I went on to Lincoln Land Community College uh, for two year ag. Ag fertilizer operations uh, degree there. Actually, M&M Service sponsored me, paid my tuition for those two years. And after those two years, I went to Gerard location as a you know as a spray operator for probably five years or so, and and worked at uh, Burden Elevator in the falls, helping Steve Malink with harvest there and learning the grain aspect of our business. And then I got promoted to the uh, ran the spray shed at Gerard, routed all the spraying there, and also then ran Tonsville Elevator during the off-season harvest. Uh, after that, I uh, had the opportunity to come to Litchfield and come over the whole company as the assistant operations manager under Steve Malank. And, and then here recently, a few months ago, I became the operations manager. So slowly worked myself up the ladder. Well done. Zach, can you tell us a little bit about the Palmyra location, what kind of products you guys have over there and the services we yeah. offer? Absolutely. Um, here at the Palmyra facility, offer a grain facility, obviously, uh, 
about a 500,000 bushel grain facility here. Um, we also offer anhydrous ammonia services. Uh, we have a, an ammonia lot here just outside of Palmyra that we serve our, uh, our growers with. So we also offer retail fuel. We have a fuel 24 station here offering gasoline and diesel fuel. Uh, our customers can either pay inside or they can uh, use credit cards at the pump. So we offer unattended services. Uh, we also offer packaged lube oils, uh, motor oil, grease, uh, antifreeze, diesel exhaust fluid. And with the winter months coming up, uh, I'd like to remind everyone that we have winter fuel additives. So come on in. We can get you taken care of, get your fuel treated for the cold winter months coming up here. And then we also offer uh, packaged chemicals and a variety of different turf seeds and, and fertilizers, as well as a large variety of livestock feed as well as livestock uh, facility equipment, including fence panels, gates, electric fence insulators, you name it, we probably got it. If we don't have it, we can surely get it for you. Guys, this summer and fall, yeah, that was quite the construction project on that new grade bin. Dwayne, why don't you talk a little bit about that project and what went into it and kind of why the decision got made uh, to make that upgrade? So the Palmar facility, uh, we have it originally consisted of concrete silos. Two, there's four, four in total plus a concrete house, small, but so two of the four silos were, were cracking and were condemned. Uh, we couldn't fill them anymore. So we needed to make a decision what we were going to do there. Um, whether to fix those, um, or add storage in the end, the structure, the bins will stand the way they are. So we, made the decision to leave those there, just not fill them anymore, utilize our conveyor that's currently there, erect a new grain bin there, a 90-footer. We actually ended up moving the grain bin from our Carnival North facility that had a little too much storage to, to Palmyra because we we were transferring a lot of grain from Palmyra to Carnival. So it, it, it helps our Palmyra location, plus it takes alleviates the line in, in Carlinville on those transfer trucks dumping. What was the completion date of the, of the project and how were you able to utilize it this fall? Um, we were we were a little late in the game there. We didn't complete until, and Zach may be better to hop in here and tell me the exact date. I'm not sure the exact date that we started putting uh, corn in it, but I know it was probably at least middle of October. It was, maybe it late was mid, October. Yeah, it was, it was mid to late October. I think it was yeah, starting that third week in October. We had a few delays and uh, in, in getting logistics and COVID had slowed down the bin the bin building crew. They'd had some people out, and so it, it, COVID has been a, definitely been an, an issue with the project. Waiting on some supplies, and we're still waiting on some electrical equipment for some upgrades there. But we we were able to get the bin. Uh, half full this fall, which really still helped out for harvest. And uh, we're uh, continuing. We're right now. We're finishing up our the reclaim system currently, and we should be wrapping that up real soon here in the next week or so. What will that mean to that location next year? Uh, next, as we look at next fall, next harvest, as that that bid is fully operational, what will that mean to employees and patrons uh, using that facility? I view it as where we invested in in the facility, unlike some other satellite facilities that that end up clo- closing or 
location is, you know, patronized well and they, that it's there to stay by putting an investment like that there. And then also cut down on our transferring needs, uh, which frees up our, our company trucks to serve our patrons hauling out of the field and doing other operations. The one at a time it was a use this fall, uh, what kind of feedback did we get from customers, uh, drivers uh, that use the location? Zach, I'll let you answer that one. Yep, absolutely. I think in general, uh, most of our growers were excited to see that bend going up. Uh, a lot of them were very, very eager to, to get their grain in it, I think. Um, every time, every time someone would come in for a visit, they're always, topic of conversation was always about that bend. When's it going to be done? When, when are we going to be able to start putting some, some of our grain in it, you know? Zach, question for you first. So you have, slowly moved around the company up to your current location manager position. What kind of advice would you offer to someone who who kind of started out like you did and how they can um, advance up in the company or in an ag field in general? Absolutely. Um, I'd, I'd say my advice to any students uh, interested in getting into the agriculture field, just, just get involved as much as you can. Um, you know, try to Try to go out there and get those internships in the ag industry. Not only are they great opportunities to get on the job training, you know, but they're also great networking opportunities. Uh, you know, you meet a lot of great people that can help get you in the place you want to be. Uh, you meet a lot of people with a lot of great knowledge um, that can help you along, along your path to, to get where you want to be. Another piece of advice I'd say is to not be afraid to ask questions. Um, everybody in this company has always been great about if you have a question about anything, don't be afraid to ask and, and they're not afraid to, to sit down with you and explain it to you to the best of their ability. I'd say, you know, once you do get your foot in the door, uh, show up every day with a, a willingness to learn and, and show up ready to work. There's no no ceiling to where uh, you can end up, you know, if you, you show up with the attitude of wanting to be the best you can be every day. Yeah, there's, there's plenty of opportunities out there, even for people that may not necessarily come from an agricultural background, you know. Um, yeah, just hard work, uh, attention to detail, and being willing to, to try some new things, go out of your uh, comfort zone a little bit. That is great advice. Attitude, that is definitely something important. Dwayne, same question to you. Been around a little bit longer in the industry. What advice would you like to, to give out? Well, I always, I always try to tell young people that just because you go to the, you get the degree and and yes, you put your time in to, to get your degree, but you still have to back that up with hard work and on-the-job training and learning. You're never done learning. As you, you know, I kind of actually forgot Zach had worked under me at Thomasville Elevator and up at Gerard. You know, you hear all those places he moved, different things he did while he's learning along the way, and I did something similar uh, when I was coming up to the ranks. So the more you can, the more you learn, you're not going to learn it all at school. You need to learn it on the job and continue to learn and grow, and that's how you you build a career. Guys, one last thing before you get before you get out of here. Uh, it is December. We do have a, uh, Christmas coming up later this month. Give me your overrated, uh, underrated uh, holiday Christmas uh, cookies, candy that's going to be in your house or at your gatherings. Um. Most underrated, I'll go the, the the Christmas candy route here. I'm a got a bit of a sweet tooth. I, I know my my Christmas candies pretty well. I'd like to say, <laughs> uh, I, I'd say the most underrated is is just the simple white chocolate covered pretzels. 
And that's about as simple as it can get. And man, you put me in front of a that's a good one. A box of those, I they'll be gone before you know it. <laughs> yeah, they that is an item that typically disappears pretty quick. Yep. Say uh, most overrated. Yeah, that's a tough one. Uh, I, I don't know that there is one that's you know if we go the candy route. I don't really know that there is an overrated candy in my book. But if we're gonna talk, if we're gonna talk main course. Uh, you know, I'm. <laughs> it's it's fine to shift. The, 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 well, it, you know, is that off topic or no? Go, no, go. Okay, go, okay. We always welcome food. If we're if we're going to talk main course, I I've always thought you know the, the turkey's kind of kind of overrated. I'm more of a, a ham guy, or or maybe if it's a you know a dark meat on the turkey, I'm I don't like to be having to wash it down with a glass of water every bite I take. You know, I like I like a little juice in my meat. Brian's given quite the uh, puzzled uh, expression on his face. That someone would have turkey at Christmas. The tradition is either ham or duck. I don't think I've ever ever heard of the, the duck tradition. Coming, no. coming from a, uh, a duck hunter himself, you haven't heard of the Christmas duck? No, no, Zach. But you, maybe you, not the Christmas duck. That's just a, an, an everyday, uh, oh, okay. everyday kind of meal for a duck hunter. Now, now, Zach, part of your issue with having turkey at, at, at Christmas is, is the fact that the turkey is is just a leftover turkey from Thanksgiving, is it? <laughs> well, that's because that's I didn't touch it there, you know. It's just too, too dry, so I don't want it there. <laughs> let's, let's have it later on down the line. <laughs> All right, those are those are good. Wayne, how about you? Okay, so I, I'm not big on sweets, so I'm going to go to this main course thing again. I, okay, we've completely I think the ham, the, the ham is overrated. I, I just, I don't know why. I mean, ham's okay, but I give me a good, uh, I think what's underrated a good a bacon wrapped pork loin on the smoker. I mean that you know that beats a ham any any day in my book. But Brian, do you have anything you want to add? No, I, I really don't on the uh, overrated, underrated. I, I, I will compliment Dwayne on his uh, bacon bacon wrapped uh, pork loin. That, that does sound delicious. I I think something that is a, a good holiday tra- uh, tradition to start within your families is, is get get away from the Christmas hams and ducks and chicken and, and turkey for some people who eat Christmas turkey. <laughs> go with the uh, go with the prime rib. Absolutely. Uh, to me, I, I think that is. Uh, I mean, uh, as a, as a beef raiser, I, uh, I I would I would choose the prime rib over any other meat, white or dark. Absolutely. But Christmas time is the only time you get a Christmas ham. For me, anyway. But you can like buy a ham any time of the year. I don't know. It's not the same. It's not at Christmas time. <laughs> yeah, but you, you eat ham on your cold meat sandwich. You know that's why I don't <laughs> think ham's anything special. <laughs> that's a good point. I eat ham after Christmas from the leftover ham on my sandwich. Well, that's better. That is better than the lunch meat. But you know, we'll chunk it up and, and put in your green bean and have ham and green beans and potatoes. You can chunk up your ham and put it in those two, those cheesy potatoes, funeral potatoes, they call them, you know. Yeah. That, that's pretty good. So ham at Christmas is totally acceptable. It's a definitely it's definitely a, tra- a traditional main course. Percentage of uh, households that have a Christmas ham is probably, what percent do you think, Tony, since you're a big meat eater? <laughs> Couldn't tell you. Don't even want to try to guess. What's the rest, can, of, what's the rest can, of your family eat it? We can look it up for the next podcast. <laughs> Probably everybody's saying. 
75%? Okay, we will have an answer for the next show. Okay, well, thanks, everybody, for joining us today. This has been FS Uncovered, the podcast of Eminem Service Company. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Podbean or your supported podcast app.